Hey, Faith Promise, how you guys doing this weekend? Come on. Man, it is an exciting time to be a part of Faith Promise and all that God is doing. We are really on one of the greatest, most radical climbs we've ever seen, miracles, and God is moving in this month of miracles and really in just a great way. So we want to welcome all of our campuses, Pellissippi, Blount County, North Knoxville, Anderson County, Campbell County, UT Downtown, Internet Campus, wherever you are, man, we're coming. Wherever you're at, you know, Texas, we're coming. Just hang in there. We're, we're on the way. Well, uh, it's just great. Before I dive in the Word, if you've got a copy of the Word of God, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9. But let me just remind you of a couple things. Uh, at all of our campus, the angel trees are in your foyer. You can pick those up. We need those gifts back unwrapped by December the 1st. We're going to do something different with all those families this year. We have a Christmas production, huge weekend, the middle of December. It's, uh, it is, matter of fact, December 14th and 15th. But Friday, December the 13th, we'll have a, our first service at the Pellissippi campus uh, of the production, and then you can check the website, and we'll be giving you all of our campuses. We'll have different schedules, and, and I don't know how many services there are, but it's coming. It's a great time to bring your family and friends. It's just awesome. So uh, that's happening mid-December. Man, mark that in your calendar. And one other thing, we're going to do something uh, next weekend. Next weekend is, is pre-Easter, and we're going to show a video. So this is what we're asking for you guys to do. Send us a video, iPhone video. We're not talking about TV production. iPhone video of what you're grateful for. Uh, We need them by Sunday evening uh, because whoever wins gets a turkey. (laughs) And I'm not talking about Josh Whitehead. I'm talking about a butterball. So uh, that's happening. So send those stories at faithpromise.org. And, and just what you're thankful to God for. We're going to do a montage next weekend of just stuff that we're thankful for at every campus. And it's going to be a great time. Well, this is a, just a huge weekend. Again, we're, this is the culmination of the month of miracles. And I'm going to tell you, I have seen more tears at the altar in the last three, four weekends than I've seen in a long time. It really goes back to the series Normal, our family series. It was our group alignment. And in that series, God began to do something. He began to build this burden. He began to build this spiritual momentum that carried us through all-time records in group attendance. Never had that many new groups ever in anything we've ever done. And all of our campuses are increasing in attendance, and God is moving in a powerful way. This weekend is what we call Heart for the Harvest Offering. It's coming up uh, that we'll do it in, in a few minutes since this message is over. And at every campus, you can see receptacles, uh, Faith Without Borders. They're going to be all around, and we'll, your campus pastor will tell you in a few minutes what to do. I was going to use David's offering, because David takes up a free will offering to get everything together to build the temple that God tells him he can't build because he's a man of war, his son Solomon We'll build that. And so I've been working for months in that passage. And this past Monday, I was just in the Word, studying, spending time with the Lord, praying for you, and just seeking God. And the Lord spoke to me and took me to another passage. Wasn't planning on using this passage. And so I just spent a couple days just what I call creative meditation. And I'll just read over and over and 
ask questions, allow the Spirit of God to teach me. And so I went to 1 Corinthians 8 and 9 because it is a, again, that's where the Lord took me, and it is a New Testament free will offering that Paul takes up from the Macedonian churches and from the church in Corinth. Now, in the New Testament, there are three kinds of giving. Are you ready? Three kinds. One is tithes and offerings. That's when we get a paycheck, we bring 10%. We give to the Lord every week, or if you get paid every other week or every month, or if you're on sales commission, whenever you get paid, however it works out in your world, and you bring that and you give it in whatever way you give it, offering boxes online, text it, tweet it, man, however, however, however you give. And that's what we build our, our annual, Just that's how, we, that's how we do week to week. The second kind of giving is alms, and that is where you give to help the poor. And that's where the Lord said, when you give your alms, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And then there's a third kind of giving, which is a free will offering. We're going to look at just a second that Paul takes it, or the Corinthian churches and all the Macedonian churches give it. It could be for a mission project, a building project. It could be for multi-site, which is what we typically do, it, or some of the stuff we do in missions. As a matter of fact, we are right now getting a core, there's a core team together in Cañas, Costa Rica. We're going to have our first international campus that will begin very shortly in Costa Rica, and we're thrilled about that. Amen? Some of that will come out of this offering. So there's tons of stuff that, that we do, but, but, but it's, I want you to know that it's biblical. Chapters 8 and 9 in 1 Corinthians is really the longest teaching on generosity and, the free, and a free will offering in the New Testament. In fact, there's a lot of sort of famous giving verses that come out of here. And so as we prepare our heart to sacrifice... As we prepare our hearts, I know many of you have prayed long and hard about what you were going to do and how you were going to give. And I said a couple weeks ago that I was going to give my Corvette and, and, and I'll drive it here tomorrow and it'll be gone. And it'll be gone. Then somebody gave a house and somebody else probably said, hey, I've got a house. I want to give. And, and it is, what it has done is started an avalanche as people are just giving and not just not just cash. And on our website, there's an I donate. You can go to it. Just go to giving non-cash on our website. It'll tell you what to do with that kind of stuff. But before we, before we give an offering to the Lord, I, I want us to talk about the, really the key theme in, in 1 Corinthians, and that is the balance between burden and ease. Burden and ease. Because there are some people who carry the burden and then there are lots of people that come to Faith Promise that come with ease. Don't serve, don't give. They come and they enjoy it, but they haven't picked up any of the burden of, of, of leadership, of giving, of serving. So let me ask you a question. Are we a family? Yeah. Are we a family? Yeah. Then shouldn't everybody participate in the family? Yeah. Isn't it better, Mom, if you have your kids living at home that everybody helps? Isn't it just a little better when everybody pitches in instead of you doing it all? Come on, ladies. I, I, expected, a, I expected Pentecostalism out of that. I don't know what the deal. But, but, but see, we should all. And see, when everybody is pulling, when everybody is pull, just has picked up the burden, then the burden is easy. Right now, we have about 1,200 people, in, individuals, students and adults who serve Every month, at this last month at Faith Promise, 1,200 people signed in and served. Over, we averaged over 5,000 every weekend. So 1,200 people did all the work for 5,000. Are you with me? That's not a good balance between burden 
and east. 1,200 people have the burden, and 3,800 people have what? What? Ease. Ease, ease. Now, let me ask you a question. Do we want to be a great church? I know I'm serious. Do we want to be a great church? Come on, every campus. I'm talking to everybody at Faith Promise. See, if we want to be a great church, then we've got to marry these two concepts of burden and ease. See, again, parents, you're not happy when your teenagers don't want to help, are you? Are you happy when, when they don't want to help, they don't want to mow the yard, they don't want to clean the room? You know what I'm talking about? When my kids were in school, I could tell what door they walked in. I knew what they were doing. I knew every place they'd been because what? They walked whatever door they walked in, that's where they threw whatever they were carrying down. Then they made the way to the kitchen. I could see whatever they were eating. It was left on the counter. Are you with me? Do you know what? Ladies, can you feel me up here in the house? I mean, you could just, you could see. You knew what they were wearing because it was in the floor. And we said, you know, if you guys would just pick up after yourself, it'd be easier. Actually, Michelle said to the other four of us, if you four would, you know, pick up after yourself, it would be easier. There needs to be a and there needs to be a balance between burden and ease. See, the only people at your house that don't help are babies. Y'all got, did y'all get that? I think I felt that. Did y'all get that? Because, see, a baby's too young to help. They've got their diaper change fed. I mean, they just lay there and die if you didn't do something for them. And so babies don't, but once you get about four or five, you can pick up your own toys, can't you? You can begin teaching them when they can walk. They can dress themselves. As they get older, we pick up more of a burden. So let's talk about, let's think about this weekend, all of us picking up part of the burden. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is, and my burden is, light. See, the burden is light when everybody's pulling. But when 20% are dragging 100%, the burden is heavy. Are you with me? Some of y'all heavy. You're heavy. In, in, in verse 13 and 14 of 1 Corinthians chapter 8, For this is not for the ease of others and for your affliction, but by way of equality. See, they're taking up this offering, and, and Paul's saying, hey, this is not so they'll have it easy and you'll have it hard. At this present time, your abundance being a supply for their need, there were the Jewish believers in Jerusalem. There was a famine, persecution, they didn't have enough food, so they take up an offering to, to give to the Jerusalem believers. And so he said, to supply their needs so that their abundance, uh, abundance also may supply for your need, that there may be what? Equality, there's got to be, we've got to get this tension right of burden. And he's, Nehemiah looked halfway through the project of building the wall around Jerusalem. And he said, the strength of the burden bearers is failing. Because too few people were, walk, were working while everybody else was watching. Does that make sense? Too few people were, 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 were pulling. And so, and so when again, when just some of us are pulling, it, the burden is heavy. All great churches have this in common. Everybody is pulling the burden. Now, faith promise, is everybody toting it? Oh, wow, you are getting it. No. 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 Wait, wait Pastor, you mean just showing up's not enough? No. Not if you're going to do the word. It's not. 
we got to get the tension right so that there's a balance between burden and what? Everybody's got to pick up their part. Everybody. And there, again, there's a tension to be managed between it. In verse 20, it said this, taking precaution so that no one discredit us in our administration of this generous gift. Actually, this lavish gift. Paul said, you guys have been taking up this offering, and it is a lavish gift. It is a gift given by faith to people they have never met nor will ever see until they get to heaven. These people in Corinth picked up the burden for the believers in Jerusalem. Because, again, there was a famine going on in Israel. And so these people picked up that burden. They said, hey, we're going to take up an offering. We want to we send this on. We want to give this. We, we want to give this to the Jerusalem believers. Does that make sense? And so that's what's going on. And let me tell you why. The Corinthian believers felt like they owed a debt to the Jewish believers. Because the gospel came from Jerusalem through Judea through Samaria to where? The uttermost parts of the world, Corinth being one of them. I've been to the ancient city, the ruins where Paul preached and wrote this letter to this church. And so these believers in Corinth, because the gospel came from Jerusalem, they felt like they owed a debt to these, to these, these Jewish believers in Israel. Matter of fact, you know what? Somebody carried a burden for you before you ever came to church. Isn't that right? There are generations that passed before us that, man, they kept the mantle of the gospel. They kept the mantle of the word of God. They built buildings, and when you showed up, there was a seat. Hallelujah. When you showed up, there was a preacher. There was somebody doing music. There was somebody greeting you and loving you. That's why we keep adding campuses and expanding for people that we don't even know yet. Somebody paid for your seat, and we're going to pay for theirs in Jesus' name. Amen? See, there's got to be a balance between burden and ease. Let's pick it up in verse 1 and just sort of roll down through this, this together. Now, brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God which has been given to the churches of Macedonia. I want you to look at the opposite words about the churches in this region. That in their great ordeal of affliction. Now, we don't think of a great ordeal of affliction like a cool thing, do we? In their great ordeal of affliction... Their abundance of joy. Their joy in their, in their affliction. And in their deep poverty, they were poor, overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. Even though they were poor, they, they gave this huge offering. He's talking again about churches of Macedonia. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord. We didn't, listen, they asked us to, take, to, get, to give this money. They took it of their own accord, begging us with much encouraging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. They were begging Paul, hey, we want to give this money. You ever see anybody do that? I've seen people beg for money. My children. But I've never seen people begging to, begging to give money, begging to give this offering. And this, not as we expected, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. They, gave me, they surrendered their lives to the Lord, and then they surrendered up and said, hey, we want, we want to give. So we urged Titus that he has previously made, an, uh, made a beginning, so we, he would also complete in you this gracious work. So he sent in Titus to tell him about this offering. But just as you abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and earnestness and in love that we inspired in you, see that you abound in this gracious work also. What's he talking about? An offering. Chapter 8 and chapter 9 are completely about 
an offering that's being taken that is going to be, it's, it's actually been a year in the making that it's going to go to Jerusalem. I'm not speaking this as a command, but as proving Though your earnestness of others, the sincerity of your love also. I want you to know something right there. How you give proves how you love. Did y'all see that? Right, listen, right there it is. It, right there, the earnestness. Through you proving through the earnestness of others and sincerity of your love. How? Because they were giving. For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, Jesus had it made in heaven, didn't he? The Son of God there and all of his glory and all of his wisdom, all of his perfection. Yet for your sakes, he became poor so that through his poverty, you might become what? Rich. And we're rich in the spirit, aren't we? And thank God we, man, we're going to heaven. Why? Because Jesus became poor. He left heaven and became one of us. Wow. Again, my opinion in this matter for this is to your advantage. Who are the first to begin a year ago, not only to do this, but also the desire to do it. They wanted to. But now finish, finish doing it also, so that just as there was the readiness to desire it, so that there may be the completion of your ability. For if the readiness is present, it is acceptable according to what a person has. Listen, if you're going to give, you've got to give according to what you have, not according to what you do not have. And listen, let me tell you what that means. I'd give if I had. Did you catch that? Boy, if I had a million dollars, I'd give. If you don't give what you have now, you won't give when you have more. Boy, if I won the lottery, man, if I won the lottery, I'd give ruins almost everybody's lives that win it. Doesn't it? And so, so Paul says, listen, in your giving, don't talk about what you would give because we're talking about what you have according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. For this is not for the ease of others in your affliction, but by way of equality. There's a partnership, there's a burden that's been developed. As it is written, verse 15, he who gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little had no lack. There's a partnership, a burden when we are one. Now what God has been doing in this month of miracles, as we've been leading up to this offering, is God has been stirring people's hearts. Do y'all believe that? He's been stirring people's hearts. That's why, you know, a car turned into a house and turned into another house, and other people are doing this, that, and other. See, God is stirring our hearts, and God is, this is what God wants to do. God wants to place on all of our hearts the burden, not on some of our hearts, right? 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 Campbell County, Blunt, you got, right? See, he wants to put on the burden on all of our hearts, not on some of us, the balance between burden and ease. And so when God, listen, listen, if you're listening, Sam. Don't shriek back. Don't skirt. Don't push away the burden. That's our tendency. God burdens us. He's moving on our hearts. He's stirring our hearts. And he, he begins to lay in our heart what he wants us to do. But we say, well, I can't do that. And, and man, what will happen to me? And what about, what about, what about, what about? Because, see, when God puts a burden on your heart, it actually doesn't really feel like a burden. See, when God puts it on your heart to give, when God puts it on your heart to serve, when God puts it on your heart to pick up part of the burden that faith promised, then his burden is easy and his yoke is light. So let me ask you a question. If you're listening, I am. Are you a burden bearer? That faith promise. And as we build the kingdom together, are you a burden bearer? Have you picked up your part of the burden? Have you picked up your edge of the burden? Are you carrying your part of the burden? Are you one sitting back on the watch and saying, wow, they're doing a great job. You guys keep it up down there, man. That's amazing. 
See, then there's not a balance between burden and ease. We need to be burdened for God's kingdom, burdened for God's church, burdened for souls. Let me tell you, for, for 32 years now, God has continued to add burdens in my life. Just continue to add burdens. Let me, let me tell you, are, are you ready? Every burden that I have received turned into a blessing. Every time God burdened me with something that he wanted us to do or me to do or Michelle and I or something for our family or something that God wanted faith promised to do, every time he put a burden on my heart and I, I received that burden, I didn't shirk it, I received that burden, God has every single time turned that burden into a blessing. Does that make sense? See, that's what God does. If, if we will receive it and not run from it. So many people run. They don't, they don't want to be a part of the burden. In chapter 9, verse 5, says this. So I thought it necessary to urge the brethren that, you would go, uh, the, uh, that they would go on ahead of you and arrange beforehand your previously promised bountiful gift. He said, I've, I've sent my boys to make sure you're getting the money. That's what he says. So that the same would be ready as a bountiful gift, listen, not affected by covetousness. Let me ask you a question. Every week we give offerings to the Lord, don't we? Do you think every weekend the offering at Faith Promise is affected by covetousness? And we're about to take up an offering. I believe we're going to give the Lord $1.5 million. I really do. I believe it's be the biggest single weekend. We'll end up at the end of next weekend. I believe it'll be the single biggest, biggest offering we've ever done. He said, not affected by covetous. Come on, church. Come on, Corinthians. Now, say this. He who sows sparingly shall also reap what? Sparingly. He's talking about money and offering. He that sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. You can't outgive God. You can't outgive the Lord. Each one of you must do as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. That's how God wants us to give. We're going to gather around these, these containers, Faith Without Borders, at every single campus. And God doesn't, you know, tears are great, not tears of sadness. You know, that's hurt. You're killing me, man. But, but tears of joy to give. That's, that's what God wants us to do. Not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And he is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. As written, he scattered abroad and gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies the sow to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed, and sowing the increase, the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God for the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, Jerusalem, but it is also overflowing through many thanksgiving to God. Look what he says in verse 13. But the proof given by the ministry, what's the proof given? And the liberality of their giving. They will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel with the liberality of your contribution. So as we give, giving, it matters to God, doesn't it? See, faith without borders is picking up the burden that expands your life, that expands your ability to give, that just expand. 
See, God, and, and when we get in the process of saying, yes, God, I want in. Yes, God, I want to pick up the burden. Yes, God, I want to serve. Yes, God, I want to give. I want to sacrifice. I want to bring a sweet-smelling offering to you. David said, I'm not going to give anything to the Lord, that which costs me nothing. He said, man, I'm going to sacrifice unto God. When we take that burden, when we walk in there, the process of blessing is incalculable. Does that make sense? So I had 32 years as following Jesus, a blessings. Why? Because we picked up the burden and said yes. See, a generation that preceded us picked up the burden, didn't they? Didn't they? What will we give to the next burden? What will we give? Will, will, will there be, will there be a, a balance this weekend of burden and ease? Or will many of those, the, the you know, 3,800 people who said I'm not going to, who haven't served, but just watched, we got to pick up the burden. Today, this weekend, as we give, we are giving today for people, many of them who are still lost. Today, if they die, they'll split hell wide open. People that are lost today, we're giving today to build the kingdom for kids that hadn't even been born yet. You saw the, you know, you saw the video of Caden. I mean, he's born. We're building the kingdom. We're expanding the church for kids that hadn't even been born yet. We're, we're doing it for grandkids that hadn't even been born yet. We're giving today for coworkers and teammates and neighbors and, and friends and family that haven't come to Jesus yet. Today, though, we're just going to commit. We're going to make it as hard to go to hell as we can at Faith Promise in East Tennessee. We're going to keep providing a place, more seats, more services, more sites. As we plant the church in Costa Rica, through the help of Terry and Arlene DuPont, our missionaries from Ojos Abiertos, Open Eyes Ministry, we're from that church. And as we expand, as we build more orphanages, as we do more and more and more, it's about people that haven't come yet, isn't it? Isn't it? We're going to provide a place. We're going to provide a place for them. Now, maybe you've come this weekend because we'll probably this weekend break all attendance record for a non-production weekend on an offering weekend. Man, that's, that's, that's a big deal. Used to offering weekends, people got sick. <laughs> but not, not, not here, not now, because God's up to something. But there are people at every campus this weekend who came, and you didn't know. You said, hey, Gad, they're taking an offering? You, listen, if you're a guest, you don't have to give. Now, if you're going to give a million, go ahead. It's, well, it's be all right. <laughs> but, but it's not, listen, we care about your heart, not your wallet. Because if Jesus gets your heart, he gets your checkbook, doesn't he? Where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And so, but listen, people who are not yet saved. So if you're struggling with the greatest step of faith. See, once you're born again, giving becomes easy. It, or it, let me rephrase that. For many, it becomes easy. It was easy for me, I guess, because God snatched me out of such a deep pit. But there are some people here that have never given your heart to Jesus. So with every head bow, every eye closed, every single campus, man, if you're ready to open your heart up to the King of kings and the Lord of lords and have him absolutely rock your world, forgive your sins, Write your name down in heaven. I want you to pray with me. Say this. Say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Forgive me. Thank you for dying for me while I was a sinner.
and you rose from the grave. Help me walk by faith. I put my trust in you. In Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer of me and when this, during the offering time or something, if you'll take the communication cards in front of you, if you'll just fill that out at every campus and drop it in one of the offering boxes, or if you just let the campus pastor know or whoever. So what I want to ask is all the campus pastors would just, would, uh, would come forward at all the campuses, the campus pastors, and I'm going to pray. When I get done praying, uh, all the campuses the, the, will we'll, we'll unplug and you guys will all be on your own. And then your campus pastor is going to give you instruction about how to handle your offering. God, you have given us more than we could have ever fathomed. You forgave us. You have blessed us. You've blessed this church. And mighty God, we are indeed grateful. And now, Lord, as we prepare to give unto you that which you so richly deserve, we sacrifice we give. And God, as we do, I pray as every family drops their, their offering into those, those containers, that they'll just feel your spirit move. They'll feel the smile from your face as we sacrifice and give. So God, we ask you to move and bless it. We ask you to move across all of our campuses. And Lord, I pray that we exceed $1.5 million. I pray that it's above and beyond an Ephesians 3.20 offering that, God, you just cut, that, that we just give unto you out of grateful hearts because of what you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Now, as there, uh, the band is going to play. And there are receptacles all over. They're back in the middle. They're across all three of the sideways aisles. They look like this. And just, you know, as uh, soon as they start playing, you can make your way and just drop your offering in there. Isn't God worthy? Isn't God worthy? Let's give him praise one more time. Come on, band.